Michael Cohen, and you're listening to the one and only Mayor Culpa podcast, now on the Mighty Midas Touch Network. So find all future episodes of our show behind the blue banner, and we're really glad that you're here. But now for the news. On Friday, President Biden and First Lady Dr. Jill Biden stood on the tarmac at Dover Airport and met the coffins of the three fallen soldiers killed earlier this week in an Iranian drone strike. During the sad ritual, otherwise known as a dignified transfer, the Bidens stood with the aircraft that brought the soldiers home. They joined an elegant military formation. They met with the families of the fallen, and they bowed their heads in prayer as the flag-draped transfer cases exited the plane. But two hours later, we responded to the death of those soldiers with a devastating show of force. United States forces and B-1 bombers flown from the states took just half an hour to strike 85 locations in seven different facilities in Iraq and Syria. The targets were terrorist organizations backed by Iran, including Hezbollah and the Iranian Militia and Revolutionary Guard. We hit command and intelligence centers along with rocket, drone, and ammunition storage facilities. This counterattack is meant to shift the tactics of Iran and stop a world war before it gets started. The message being, don't pick a fight you can't win. America demands accountability. This is not the end of it, however. We've been warned that there will be more strikes in the coming days. The president said, and I quote, Our response began today. It will continue at times and places of our choosing. Let's pray that these actions don't escalate tensions in the Middle East. It's been a powder keg since the Hamas attacked Israel on October 7th. And though the president says he'd like to contain and stop the conflicts there, it's going to be a tough job. The war in Gaza is ongoing, and the hostage release talks have recently stalled. We have the Houthis in the Red Sea. We have Hezbollah fighting along the Lebanon and Israeli border. And the Islamic State targeting Americans and everybody else in the region. So a quick resolution would be nice, but not probable. In the meantime, God bless our troops. Now back here, Judge Tanya Chutkin's March 4th trial in Trump's 2020 election interference case has officially been postponed, clearing the way for Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg's hush money trial to begin on March 25th, and more on that in a moment. But for now, Trump's delay tactics are working. Let's be crystal clear, they are working. He made the ridiculous claim that he had presidential immunity and that he could not be criminally tried for election fraud in Chutkin's court because he was not convicted by the Senate for inciting the January 6th Capitol riot. I mean, it's fucking stupid. It's stupid on its face. Nevertheless, Chutkin ruled against the argument in December, but Trump did what he always does. He appealed. 
A DC appellate court heard the case last month, but the three-judge panel, this is the problem, has not yet given us a verdict. And while they're expected to rule against von Schitzenpants, they are taking a lot longer than expected, especially, especially considering all that is riding on this decision. But it's been a weird week in Trump trial land. I mean, Fulton County prosecutor Fannie Willis finally, I mean, finally admitted that she's having a relationship with special prosecutor Nathan Wade. She hired him to help her with her sprawling RICO trial, and as a result, somehow it happens, they became a thing. I mean, there are no laws against it, and it should not make a damn bit of a difference if she's stooping this guy or not. But it does now, because Republicans are trying to use it to tank the whole fucking case. I mean, Trump recently joined a motion to dismiss the indictment, as well as to disqualify Willis and her office from the case based on nothing but rumors and innuendo. I will say, Willis should have known that they were going to be coming for her, and maybe waited until after the trial to start dating Wade. I mean, it really just wasn't smart. But it's too late now. The damage is already done. And for the good of the case, she should definitely fire him and show some remorse. I mean, there's a hearing coming up on February 15th to review the misconduct allegations made by Republicans before Fulton County Superior Court Judge Scott McAfee. Remember, he's the judge handling Trump's Georgia case. And according to Trump's lawyers, Willis and Wade have been subpoenaed to testify. I mean, it's just another fly in the ointment and reason for delay. That case, remember, was set to start in May. And so we'll let you know what happens. We're also waiting to hear how much Trump is going to have to pay in his New York business fraud case. Remember, that's the Judge and Goron case that was supposed to drop the hammer last Wednesday. But perhaps, perhaps, he had a good reason to wait. I mean, this story is still developing, and I should not say too much. Remember, I'm a witness in a case that this information will also affect. But you remember my old co-worker, the dear old CFO Alan Weisselberg. I mean, Trump's longtime financial officer at the Trump Organization did some hard time at Rikers last year for his part in a Trump-related tax fraud scheme. And for whatever reason, Allen is still loyal to Trump. Anyway, that guy is currently negotiating a deal right now with Manhattan prosecutors that would require him to plead guilty to perjury. In fact, Weisselberg would have to admit that he lied on the witness stand in Trump's recent civil fraud case. Or what? Go back to jail? Go back to Rikers? I mean, maybe. Because Alvin Bragg has been pressuring Weisselberg to tell the truth for months, and this may be the leverage that he needs to get the job done. Weisselberg will have to plead guilty to perjury. And why? Because he fucking lied under oath, saying that he didn't have anything to do with tripling the square footage of Trump's apartment to increase its value. I mean, that may be just one part of it. Well, it's just so happened that a representative from Forbes was in the courtroom and he remembered Weisselberg pushing the apartment lie on him when trying to get Trump on the Forbes 400 richest people's list. 
The Forbes guy called out the lie in real time. And the next day, the very next day, Weisselberg was supposed to continue his testimony. But he never got back on the stand. Probably because he was caught perjuring himself. And let me be clear, this isn't the first time. Go back and you'll see these articles written from August 10th of 2021 that the Southern District of New York, the people who prosecuted me, knew that Alan fucking Jerkoff Weisselberg was lying to them when he was talking about me. And what did they do? They didn't give a shit. They went ahead and they used that information to in front of the grand jury to indict me. And they gave that motherfucker limited immunity. Now I want to be clear, it's been said a thousand times, but it's true. Every single thing that Trump touches turns to shit. Weisselberg was loyal. He did time for Trump, as did I. He lied for Trump, as did I. And now his credibility is forever tarnished. Mine, not so sure. But this turn of events strengthens Bragg's hand going into the hush money trial. And it sends a strong message to other witnesses considering lying on Trump's behalf. Don't do it or we'll come back to bite you in your fucking ass. And now for the main event. This is a really special interview, and I'm pleased to welcome Pam Hempel to our show, the one-time MAGA grandma from Idaho who stormed the Capitol on January 6th. Yeah, they call her MAGA granny. She later turned herself in and went to prison for 60 days, all while battling cancer. And along the way, Hempel woke up and rejected Trump and the MAGA movement realizing that it was a cult and that she had been brainwashed. Pam even told Trump to stop using her story as a fundraising tool and has since become an outspoken advocate for democracy and recovering Trumpers. Hempel is a self-proclaimed citizen journalist who once reported on the likes of anti-government militant Amon Bundy. Today, she's an alcohol and drug counselor and proud cancer survivor. I mean, she's really a fantastic person, and I really i am excited for this interview. So let's go now to that interview with Pam. Hello, Pam, and welcome to the show. Let's jump right into it and start at the beginning. So tell me, if you would, how and why did you become a Trump supporter? Well, actually, I was just out there in Boise, Idaho, uh, videotaping all the events that were going on because in Boise there was only one station and they weren't showing the events, you know, all the speakers that come to the Capitol. So some friends, the mega girls, asked me to come out there and videotape for them because I had been doing a little TV show where I was helping the heroin addicts because I've been in recovery now 44 years. And I just was out there and, you know, got caught up with all the lies that they were putting out there, <laughs> got drawn in. And it was just something I was doing for fun. Wait, wait. You became a Trump supporter for fun? Like, what was it that attracted you? Look, I understand <laughs> I was with the guy for over a decade, closer to a decade and a half, if you add my time in uh, post the election. Um, I was a Trump supporter. First, in fact, I was obviously a Trump employee. He brought me in. Out of the blue. I mean, I was there really to collect an invoice for doing some legal work for him on Trump Entertainment Resorts on the Chapter 11 uh, bankruptcy reorganization. 
um, for the casino company. It was like the fourth chapter 11. And then he said to me, why don't you come work for me? And then he immediately made me executive vice president of the Trump org and special counsel to Donald Trump. Now, I don't have to tell you at that time, he had the number one television show on NBC. Uh, he also had the Miss Universe pageant. So, you know, he made me co-president of Trump Productions, uh, put me on the board of the Miss Universe pageant, which was just him, Alan Weisselberg and myself, uh, you know, gave me uh, this incredible, incredible task along with a buddy of mine that was there, who unfortunately I don't talk to anymore, his name was George, uh, in order to do what was called the NCAP Golf Redevelopment Project. It was a 1,000-acre landfill redevelopment in uh, New Jersey, in the Meadowlands area of New Jersey. And to me, it was very exciting because I'm a deal junkie. So, and, and I love real estate. So for me, I understand how I got sucked into the Trump business orbit. But I'm trying to understand, you're, you're how old? 70. Wow. Okay. And it's, I mean, it's not, were you always a Trump supporter? Did you watch The Apprentice? Uh, did you read his books over the years, whether it was The Art of the Deal or any of the others? Uh, I mean, I'm trying just to figure out what makes somebody like yourself into a Trump supporter? Because you don't look like a Trump supporter. No, actually, I'm an alcohol and drug counselor. I mean, I could talk to you about addiction and give you a lot of help. Politics I wasn't involved in. I just started going out there to videotape. As an amateur person having fun, I retired as an alcohol and drug counselor. And what, what I see now and know now, I wish I'd known then. But there's four things that happens to when your brain gets brainwashed. They pull you in. And the first thing Trump uses is fear that hijacks your brain, that the Democrats want to turn this into a communist nation. And that scares anybody. First thing that came to my mind was Hitler. You know, we're not going to have America anymore. And unfortunately, you do lose your critical thinking errors. I wasn't doing my own research. I'm listening to people with two PhDs, people like yourself, smart and intelligent, I'm not researching anything. I'm just listening to what everybody's sharing with me. I'm watching Fox News, <laughs> you know, and Gateway Pundit <laughs> and all these lying media. And I'm getting pulled in just like everybody else. And then the love bombing. I'm doing this for you. You know, they're trying to take away this country. They're going to try to make it a communist country. And then the gaslighting. It wasn't us. It wasn't a, the election was stolen. The gaslighting, you, and I'm going, I'm asking people, where's the evidence? I was still on the fence with that. Where's the evidence that the election was stolen? Oh, Pam, don't be listening to all them people. Democrats have always stole the elections. I said, oh, they have? I didn't know that. <laughs> you know, I never heard about it. Well, look, but, but, you're not, but you're not a new voter to the process. Right. So if somebody says to you, hey, you know, the Democrats stole the election. And I like your critical thinking on that when you say, well, how did they steal the election? Oh, well, they've been stealing it all along. Well, if that's true, just as I mean, as myself and maybe, you know, I too might be, you know, a little bit uh, as a critical thinker. If Democrats are always stealing the election, 
Well, how did Trump win in 2016? How did Bush win, right? Or how did um, Bush one win? Or right? Or how did Ronald Reagan win? I mean, or is they that they let Republicans win every now and then so as to try to make it appear to be fair? I'm just not sort of following that logic because it doesn't make any sense to me at all. I mean, you know, you could. It's almost as stupid as whether it was Marjorie Toilet Green or Lauren Boebert, one of those two idiots that said that it's Jewish space lasers that were up there beaming down signals to change people's votes from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. I, I mean, I just don't understand that thinking. So really, the question I'm trying to figure out is, what was it that they had said to you that made you believe that what they were telling you was accurate. It's just the people you're with, your family. I always trusted my family that they they are educated. They're stay more on politics than I do, and so I just relied on their information. I, I feel embarrassed saying this. I really do because it's like, why couldn't I have done my own research? Why wasn't I? All that could have, should have, but now I'm just glad that I see everything. But back then. You're just uh, just like most people. They're, they're just, oh, don't listen to Pam. Don't listen to Mike Cullen. They don't know what they're talking about. They're just angry at Trump. That's not true. It's not true at all. But at the time, you're just surrounded. You know, I'm talking to senators in Boise, Idaho, <clears throat> to the governor's wife, right? I'm, I'm associating with all these people. And I'm not questioning what they're telling me. Just a few times. But you always get gaslighted. Every time. Don't believe what they're telling you, Pam. And, and, what, was, and what was the gaslight for you? The, the big lie that they stole the well, election? Well, was still... What yeah. was, it's like, okay, well, that'll all come out. Won't the Democrats fight against that? They, they wouldn't even want that to happen. They'd be the first pushing back. But they're not. They're saying it, it, it wasn't stolen. I thought, something's wrong here. I kept feeling like something was just not right. That we got to listen to our inner self. And do our own research. That's the most important thing. Not to listen to just everybody. And what was the guess? But what was it? But Pam, what was the gaslighting specifically that, you know, made you? Because, you know, like me, you know, you, 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 you got in trouble for your relationship into the cult of Donald Trump. But what was it specific? Like, what was the aspect that you would say was the gaslighting that? The election got you to do about stealing of the election, the big lie. That was the biggest one. In interesting. Yeah. Because I've heard you say that you felt like you were brainwashed. Yes. Were you very active on social media? I mean, is, is that where you were getting your idea about the election being stolen? I, where, where did all this information come from? Actually from the GOP, Dorothy Moon. She's the head of the GOP right now in Boise, Idaho. I've been with her many times. In Boise, Idaho. Yeah, uh -huh. I was. Hey, hey. And wh and what is it that what is it that she said? The to election you? was stolen, and that they're lying. And she she hung with uh, Ammon Bundy. I ran with Ammon Bundy for a long time, for two years. I videotaped everything they were doing. <clears throat> At the end, there, I started recognizing and and seeing it from my own eyes that they set up these arrests on purpose to be a victim, to get arrested, and then have you say that the government's weaponized against them. And that's what happened on January 6th, the same thing. 
Um, but you're, you know, I'm hanging out with D- Dorothy Moon. <laughs> oh, my God. And they're hanging out with Ammon Bundy. And, and you're feeling like these are the people to be listening to at the time. Because why would they be lying? You know, I just take you firsthand. Oh, my God. Now I know every all of them are lying about everything. But you take them for firsthand. It's like me, if I go out and have coffee with you, I'm listening to you. I'm listening to what you're sharing with me. I believe you. Why would you lie to me? Well, they lie to you. Let me tell you, they lie about everything because I've watched it firsthand. And that's how I got started and coming on the other side when I myself found out a lie about Ryan Samsel. The story with Gateway Pundit that he lost his eye, that's a lie. I found out the facts about that from the, a real source. He didn't lose his eye, but that's their grift right now. They tell the stories about what's happening to them inside the prison, and they're all lies, and their gifts and send and go. His did went up to $80,000 by te- having you believe that his eye was taken out. And what he said in the prison was he called the guards the N-word. So from my finding out myself the facts, which, which people, please do this yourself, uh, I came to realize they're all lying about everything. And, and then that got me digging more and more. Here I am. Have you ever wished that you had a whiter and a brighter smile? Well, before you visit a dentist, you should know that their whitening treatments can be very expensive. And it's not just the price. You also have to book the appointment and schedule time away from work or family to sit in a dentist's office chair while undergoing the procedure. I mean, let's be honest, it's a hassle. Fortunately, now you can try Smile Actives at home or anywhere, anytime. Smile Actives offers a safe and an affordable alternative to those expensive whitening processes. Like most people, I'm a big coffee drinker. I drink a ton of coffee. And over time, I've noticed that my teeth have lost some of their brightness that I was originally used to seeing. 97% of Smile Active users in a clinical trial reported up to six shades whiter on average, all within 30 days. I'm using it. Look. I mean, simply add Smile Active Pro Whitening Gel to your regular toothpaste. It's been formulated with PolyClean technology to boost stain removal and deliver active whitening ingredients into your teeth's grooves and crannies so that you get better whitening. Smile Actives makes a teeth whitening gel that can simply be added to your toothpaste every time that you brush your teeth. So no change in your routine, no extra time, and no more messy strips, trays, or lights. People will start commenting on your whiter, your brighter smile in just days. Smile Actives is the whitening boost your favorite toothpaste needs to give you the smile that you deserve. So I want you all right now to visit smileactives.com forward slash Cohen today to receive a special buy one, get one free offer with auto delivery plus free shipping and handling. That's smileactives.com slash Cohen. Terms and conditions apply. So see the site for detail. You don't seem to be a person I would call gullible. And so if they turned around and they said to you that, you know, they could slingshot a rocket ship to the moon using rubber bands, (laughs) 
I don't care. I, I, I'm just, I mean, as an example, I, re- I don't care who it is that's saying it to you. I don't care if it's Donald Trump or Donald Von Schitzenpants himself saying it. I, let me ask you this. It, let me use a real example. When Donald Von Schitzenpants turned around and said that he heard that you could possibly use ultraviolet light to put it into your body to kill COVID, or that you could inject bleach into your lungs in order to... You didn't believe that, did you? Oh, yeah, that, you believe you? anything, Trump tells you. The mind of the mega? Oh, yeah. Really? Because they're blinded. He, what he, the hijacking of the brain of what he has done is horrifying. But, yeah, you're gullible. You, you believe everything he's saying... You don't question it for the one reason. And people need to wrap this around their head and get it. He has convinced them that the Democrats want to make this a communist country, that the DOJ is weaponized against the J6ers and Donald Trump. And it's not true. It's all a lie. But he has convinced them. And they don't care what he's done. If he's broke the law, if he's raped women, they don't care. Because he's going to save them from the Democrats. See, he's going to make this... Oh, God, the Christian nationalist. Everything's based on this Christian stuff, which is rude. Which is funny because Donald's not a religious person at all. He doesn't have a doesn't have a religious. He's a dangerous narcissist. He needs to be locked up. He's dangerous. Okay, so I'm serious. Oh, you don't have to tell me. I oh, yeah. So but but interesting that you're saying that they're saying that the Democrats want to make this into yes. a communist yes. country. Who's the only one so far ever out there who's turning around and saying that he wants to be a dictator on day number one, oh. that he wants to, on day number one, that he wants to violate and that he will violate people's constitutional rights, that he will use the SEAL Team 6 to incarcerate or kill critics or people that he finds as political enemies. That's a communist autocratic ideology. That's not a democratic. You've never heard Joe Biden say that. So even if you are knee deep into the dumpster shit cult of Donald von Schitzenpants, <laughs> my question though is how could you possibly acknowledge that that being said, that just because he says the Democrats want to make this into a communist country, you're the only one that's saying communist shit. So I don't get it. It's like listening to Hitler, and, and you really like everything Hitler is saying to you because he's saving you, right? And then you wake up, this is where I'm at now, and you go, oh my God, Hitler's the one that wants to destroy the country. Trump's the one that wants to destroy the country. Trump's the one that wants to be the dictator and take away all your rights and get rid of the Constitution. And it's so scary. That's why I'm pushing back. That's the only reason I keep speaking out as much as I can, wherever I can. Because hopefully many of us now are doing this. And thank you for what you're doing. We need more pushback because this man is Hitler. I'm sorry, but he's Hitler, period. He's going to get rid of the gay rights. He's going to put you in prison if you've had an abortion. I mean, it's frightening, and and the black community, forget it. All their rights will be taken away. It's it's really scary. It's so important right now that we do everything we can to keep him out of office. 
put him in jail. He needs to be put in jail. I'm saying, and be gagged. Cause look, look at the border. Well, look, look what he's doing with the border. He's not telling people to back off. Yeah. They're taking the law into their own hands. And this is what Trump did on January 6th. He uses everybody as a pawn. And yeah. then he'll drop you in a second later. He's just using everybody. Oh, then yeah. you don't have to tell me about that one. I'm I'm still going yeah. through those repercussions. I mean, you know, there are four right now indictments against Donald. Two by Jack Smith, one by Alvin Bragg, and then uh, the last one by uh, Fonnie Willis. At the end of the day, I truly believe that he will be held accountable for all of the 91 charges that are currently pending against him. We've already seen him for the first time held accountable. It's really the second time held accountable. And this is the E. Jean Carroll cases of sexual assault, rape, um, defamation. We've seen that now twice. I believe, again, and I do really believe it, knowing on, for example, the New York AG's case, that is due for a decision by Judge uh, Arthur Ngoron any day now. Arthur Ngoron, the judge, had stated that he will have his decision before the end of the month. Well, to, you know, that's where we are right now today. So it should drop any second. And I do believe, knowing the case the way that I do, that in total, he will be held accountable for in excess of $600 plus million. I know that uh, our unsinkable New York Attorney General, Tish James, is now seeking like $370 or $390 million. Some new information has recently also come out about his uh, failure to pay over $50 plus million in additional taxes uh, on some, uh, on some uh, project. But what people don't realize is that New York has a 9% statutory interest. On top of that, you have penalties. Add all that up, multiply times six years. It comes out to, again, over that $600 million. So you take that, you take the 88.3 to E. Jean Carroll, uh, and so on. I mean, you're really looking at a lot of cash. And Donald does not have that cash. But again, I just, I just want to touch on for a quick second more about the whole brainwashing and the fact that you actually were listening. And I've heard them say it too. Don't get me wrong. The OANs, the Newsmax, the Fox News, the Epic Times, all of these ultra right-wing um, propagandists where they talk about how the Democrats are trying to change the country into communist, into a, a white Christian nation. I want to be very fair about something. That doesn't say a lot for Republicans that listen to it and accept it, considering that whole issue about America converting back into which it never was in the first place, a white Christian nation. America just never was that. Mike Johnson, MAGA Mike Johnson, the Speaker of the House, is actually the one who said it, that he wants to see America return to a white Christian nation. Look it up on Google if you don't believe me. 
he's the one that said it. Not Joe Biden, not, um, you know, uh, Jean-Pierre, not any of the Democrats. It's actually the Republicans that are spewing this nonsense. I know. And if people would really take some time and start researching Project 2025 as a Republican. Do you know I asked Nikki uh, Haley, I went there and saw her, if she knew about Project 2025? She said no. And then she gets up there and she says, um, I'm going to dismantle the government. That's Project 2025. So sorry, Nikki Haley, but you lied to me, and I don't appreciate that. You should have said, yeah, I know a little bit. I'll give her the benefit of doubt because she's working for them, not for the people right now. And that's sad. She should be working for the people. Uh, But yes, there's so much lies out there. And there was a, I can't think of his name because I'm not a history bug, but he said, when we bring in religion, your God and what you believe in God's rules and my God and my God's rules, there's going to be a war because this nation was built on the freedom of religion or no religion, right? It's our First Amendment. You don't have to go past the First Amendment. You know, even if you didn't know what the Second Amendment was, everybody knows what the First Amendment is. I mean, it's, you know, people have limited memory capability. I get it. But the First Amendment, everybody knows. But, Michael, have you watched the documentary called The Family and how they got this started years ago in 1930 with Doug Cole? and and, And the timing is perfect right now. It's called The Family. They're trying to bring this 2025 in here in a white nation, Christian based, all by, by if it's a sin, you're going to, well, what are they going to do about cussing? <laughs> anyway, you know, it's insanity. Well, it's, I mean, it is all crazy and it's, it's scary. It's very frightening. It's actually just a Hitler playbook. That's all it is. And people need to wrap that around their head. And we're not just saying these things. This is a fact. I've done my research. And I see what they're doing. And it's it's so scary. Everybody should be talking about t- Project 2025 and pushing oh, I totally, back. I totally, Call totally representatives. agree with you. Call your representatives. Ask them, you know how many Republicans tell me they've never heard about it? When I was there at her event, I'm asking 10. Seven out of 10 didn't know about it. You knew who knew about it? Was the, uh, the news that I was talking to some media. And they said, yeah, I heard about it. It's very scary. Do you believe that Nikki Haley really doesn't know about it? And I said, well, I've been fooled by the best, but uh, she sounded like she didn't never heard about it until I listened to her uh, talk because I had recorded it. And she stepped there saying, I'm going to dismantle the DOJ. It's like, what? Are you lost your mind? Well, so let me so let me say, you know, um, I, I'm with you on that. And I think that their conversation, meaning the GOP is very autocratic. It is very Third Reich. And I don't know if you know this about me, but my father is a a Holocaust survivor. And I'm fortunate to have both my mom and my dad alive. You know, my mom was not. My mom's an American, born and bred. Uh, But, you know, my my dad was born in Poland and unfortunately as a child, you know, went through the war. Um, And I can tell you one of the things that pushed me into this podcast, into being as verbal about ensuring that this country, the greatest gift to the world, is democracy. And we are an experiment. I remember reading, I must have read at least 100 books on the Holocaust, where I can honestly tell you the statement of never again, 
That's the statement that the Democrats should be using right now. Never again. Because what Trump is talking is very Third Reich. And the shit that comes out of his mouth is very similar, if not identical, to the same shit that Hitler said. Exactly. Right? And it's causing the rise in anti-Semitism. It's causing, it's causing chaos throughout the world the same way that Hitler did in the 30s and you know, in the early yeah. 40s. I mean, this is factual. Absolutely. And why people... Do- Remember one thing about history. If history is not checked, it's doomed to repeat itself. Yeah. But I want to ask you something which... You know, many people, and I hope my listeners know, uh, Pam Hempel, who you actually are. You were at the you were at the Capitol on January 6th. My question that I want to ask you is why and what happened to you while you were there? Well, I was scheduled to start chemotherapy. <clears throat> I just had a surgery. I had breast cancer. And that's what I was doing as a citizen journalist videotaping. And my family called me and said, how would you like to go there for a Christmas present? Because you're going to start chemotherapy and you're going to be down for a long time. And I thought, oh, that would be great. See Trump, you know, and videotape it. And Well, I got there too late in the morning and the crowd was so big that I thought somebody could hit me by accident. Because look, at I'm going to a rally. You see him on uh, TV all the time, and they're safe. It's just a rally. It's no big deal, right? I'm going to be safe. It's like you're going to go to Disneyland, and then they blow it up. But So I go down right. there. I can't get in, and I'm talking to people, and they, some said they heard that he's going to be down at the Capitol. And my first thought was, why is he going to the Capitol? He's talking right now. That was weird. It was like a red flag. I should have, I should have paid attention. Something's wrong here. But anyway, I kept walking, and then other people said, I didn't hear anything. I don't know what he's going to be doing next. So I kept walking, and it's when I ran into the Proud Boys. And I said, are we going inside the Capitol? Because, see, I thought, because the Proud Boys, what is it, stand back, stand by, he said, yep. we're going to be with stand, Trump yep. uh, and guarding Trump as an extra security. So I wanted to be right with them because I was excited to be videotaping, if that makes sense, because I was live on Facebook for everybody in Boise. So they were depending on me showing everything. Well, so we walked to the Capitol. Now, I'm not on that violence side. I'm not saying that to minimize the violence side. It's just my side was not what they show <clears throat> on the news, which they should show. And I got 19 videos that <clears throat> the big lie that the Capitol Police started this, it shows you on my video that the crowd pushed the barriers, that the crowd pushed the officers not the officers. But what happened? I got pulled over by one of the officers and William Dunphy, he's just been uh, sentenced, I think. He's telling me that the officer is going to allow us up to the steps. And I thought, oh, that's great. We're going to get to the steps. But it was a big lie. It was all set up uh, by him and whoever. So I got confused. I took a pain pill. I was a little funny. And So when he pulled me over, the officer, I'm telling people, come on in. It's your house. Oh, my God, I'm so embarrassed about that. But I I got confused. And the woman officer said, no, they're not letting them in. you got to go back. I said, oh, my God, i got to go back? Oh, my God. So they put me right back to the same spot, and within seconds, they did it again. And an officer pulled me over again. So that's why I want to meet the officers. 
I went to the captain. The captain said, go to the steps. I'll tell them to put you behind you. I'm saying this real quick. There's more to it. But... So I get up there, and they step on me. They push me down. And I was trying not to hit an officer, so I pulled and pushed back like that to fall, and I fell on my back. They stepped on my head. These are the Patriots. Uh, cut my knee, broke my glasses, pulled out my shoulder, and an officer, I got it on tape, pulled me up, put me up behind him. And where I did wrong was I stayed. I had to keep videotaping. And then I saw people coming in and out of the doors and two officers standing there. So I thought, oh, they're letting them in. I want to videotape what's going on just in case my videos could help the police. You never know what I could capture. What happened? I got shoved in. So I got in, I sat down, and then they were having them leave. And I asked an officer, I said, I can't get around this crazy crowd. They pushed me in here, and he helped me out. And then I'm walking back around the Capitol, and I saw Jacob Chansley. So I went up there and videotaped him. And then we went up to the front, and we showed the, the video, Jacob Chansley, you know, the Buffalo man, where Trump is telling everybody to leave. And I thought, isn't this the end of the day? I had already asked the captain. I said, Where's the National Guard? What what can we do? This is insane. But it's the end of the day, and Trump's telling people to leave, right? So Jacob Chansley leaves. I stay there. You'd think I was a Marine with the AR, because I'm standing there, and I'm saying, you are not going back through this door. Get the hell out of here. And I got pushed into the door by one of the crowd, but that's okay. I, caught, I did get a video where one guy was taking a book. They broke the window, was pulling a book out, and I got that on video. But that it all happened so fast. Your mind's not thinking. They had stepped on my head, so I wasn't, you know, your brain got, my brain got shot, uh, shook up. And I had taken a pain pill. I was kind of like, what's going on here? All okay, so, had- so the, right, but, but Pam, so David, tell us about the aftermath then of January 6th. Did you think that you were going to be arrested? Because, you know, the way it seems is, yes, you, were, you got sucked up into the crowd. And by the way, I think every one of my listeners could understand if you've ever been to, for example, a college, you know, football game. I mean, you know, I, and, you know, and they're, they're moving yes. in yeah. waves that there's no way to get to the left or to the right. Did you ever imagine that you were going to be arrested? And did you ever imagine that you'd end up going to prison based upon your being there? Here's my only question. I don't think anybody was arrested or went to prison who stayed in the rotunda area inside the Capitol. It's those people that went into the actual, you know, the Capitol that were progressing towards, uh, let's say, the um, uh, the offices of members of Congress or trying to get to the, the, you know, the Senate floor. Those are the ones that so far, my understanding, have been arrested. But nobody that stayed by that inner sanctum, right, won the doors. How come you didn't just stay there? Did you... Did you wander into the Capitol further on? No, no. See, I, I saw two officers. So I was going to get it on tape and ask them, are, are you letting people come in? What I realize now when you watch my videos, the ones that were violent, the big, big uh, people that really did all this crazy stuff, they were yelling, kill Porosky. They were coming out while other people were going in. I didn't realize that the other side was even going on, see. It's hard to visualize, I know. But they're coming out and they're coming in. So I'm thinking they're letting us in. 
but I didn't get a chance to talk to the officers because they pushed me in. And I said, oh, my God, be careful, you guys. They pushed me in. So I sat down. Then they're trying to get everybody out. And I had stitches. So I was protecting myself. And an officer helped me get out another way to keep me safe. So thank you, officer, what you did that day. They are the heroes. So the, sure. So but, you were ultimately charged. Yeah, for picketing correct? and parading. And that's what you were charged with, picketing and parading? Yeah, what I did, I called, I, I'm friends with the Capitol Police in Boise, Idaho. So I called Mike and I said, Mike, I'm scared to death. I got shoved in. You know me. He knows me because I did all the videos for them. I, I caught one guy in Boise, Idaho, scratching on the Liberty Bell. He put F-U-C-K USA and I caught him on video. Wow. So I became friends with the Capitol Police. And so I called Mike and I said, Mike, am I in trouble? Should I call the FBI and turn myself in? Am I in trouble? He says, no, I'll keep an eye out for you. I'll let you know what's going on. Just go back to your your room. So I walked three hours trying to find out where I was. And uh, no, I kept close with the Capitol Police in Boise. I went and talked to them afterwards, too. I said, look, it, I'm not a person I will run from the from the FBI. They could come get me and talk to me. And it, I think they were, this is just my, I have no proof. See, I, I was under chemotherapy. I think they waited till I was done to arrest me. But I, I figured it'd be okay. You know, I was guilty. Anybody there trespassing should be going to prison for it. It's not okay. Breaking the law is breaking so, the law. So you, did, so you did plead guilty. Absolutely, because I was guilty. I was guilty. Yeah, I, I had a choice. I'm not a victim. I could have left. I don't care what my excuses are. I mean, it's justified and it's understandable. You know, I want to videotape it. But that's the excuses. Every J6er there that, that was there that day should be arrested. I'm sorry. And if they do any pardons, that's a message. That's a horrible message. Well, who's okay. the one who said, but Pam, who's the one that said that there, that uh, he's going to pardon all of the J6 no. hostages? They're not insurrectionists in Donald Trump and the GOP's uh, eyes. They are hostages, which as a Jew and as somebody who has like 200 cousins that live in Israel, mm. all right, I can honestly tell you I'm offended I'm offended you should at the be. usage of the term yes. hostage all right, when you're talking about the January 6th insurrectionists. Oh, that's disgusting, Michael. Um, oh, God. He's lying. I'm telling you right now, he's lying. He lies about everything. He is not going to pardon him. He's using him right now for his own political gain. In fact, that last lady that just uh, was on the news with CNN, she says, I'm waiting for Trump. He's going to pardon me. I tried to talk to her. She wouldn't listen to me. Trump is not going to pardon you, dear. I'm sorry. He's a liar. Get this through your head. He's lying to all the J6ers. He is not going to back them. Once he gets in power, oh, maybe a few, like somebody like me. Don't take a pardon, whatever you do. But uh, no, Michael. Yeah, he's disgusting. I'm sorry. I get upset just talking about him sometimes. So look, Pam, as I'm sure you and of course all of my listeners know all too well, I've had some experience with going to prison for Donald Trump. And you went, if I'm not mistaken, for 60 days, correct? Correct. Dublin prison, so, California. So tell me, where, where were you and what was prison like for you? <clears throat> First, I want to put a shout out for free Michelle West. 
Obama was going to release her. She, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be out. That lady saved my life. She's a beautiful black Muslim lady. It's free, Michelle West. Uh, that prison was the worst. They, 60 Minutes just did a show on my prison. Which one were you at? Dublin Prison in California. Oh, It's, it's right yeah. by um, San Francisco. And the women in there, what they were doing, they were allowing the guards to have sex with them because they knew that they could get released and do a lawsuit. So it's an all set up. It was a set up there. And the drugs were there. And it's the number two worst prison in the United States. It's horrible. You wouldn't want to give the food to a starving dog. And even the guards have to eat it. It's, it's, it's the worst prison in the United States. And I was in there with lifers. I was supposed to go to the camp. And when I got there, um, they said, I'm sorry, Miss Ampel, but you're not going to the camp. And when I got in there, Miss uh, Michelle West said, what are you doing here? I've been here 28 years. I've never seen a misdemeanor in this prison. Are you lying to us? I said, no, I'm a January 6th. Oh, How did God. you? I'm so sorry. How did you end up into General Pop instead of the um, satellite camp? Didn't you know where you were going in advance? Yeah, I had the paperwork, too, telling me where I was going. And all I know is when I left, I asked the sergeant, is it true that they were going to put drugs in my room and make sure I never leave? And he said, just be grateful you're leaving. So, yeah, they had plans. Now, there was 95% cartel women. It's not the prison, per se. It was the women in there. And a lot of them are good women. It's just... You have those gangs, you know, and they didn't like Trump. And I get it now. I understand. <laughs> but um, yeah, it was a nightmare. How did they tell me something, though? How did they change? So uh, again, because you're in your 70s. I was in Otisville, but I was in the Otisville satellite camp. And we the oldest guy that we had that was there was 80 years old. Uh, we actually had another guy who was only maybe six months or so younger than him. So, you know, we had a full a full range and so on. And we actually, you know, looked after those who were not physically well, who had issues. We had one guy who I thought the world of, he was an engineer who had COPD, like less than 15% um, breathing capability. There were nights that myself and another guy would spend all night just watching him uh, in his cubicle to make sure that he didn't die because he got very, very sick. Uh, but everybody was kind of not just not just good to each other, but really, for the most part, great to one another. If, you know, if you needed something, you just went and you asked somebody and they would give it to you. It wasn't like Shawshank Redemption or anything like that. I mean, here, you know, if you were sitting down and you were watching a ball game and you had a bag of those artificial Oreo cookies or, you know, uh, any of those, you know, other uh, Twizzlers or any of those other things, you know, you passed it around to everybody and people took and they appreciated and then somebody else would send over to you, you know, a drink or another bag of cookies or whatever it was, or you would just actually take a bowl that you bought at commissary and you would just fill it up and everybody would just take it at the base. I mean, we would do that on a regular basis. Was yours the same way? I mean, don't forget too, in my satellite camp, I had a state senator with me. 
I had Mike the Situation from the Jersey Shore was with me. I had a guy who was the former chief of staff to Andrew Cuomo was with us. We had a bunch of white-collar guys. And by the way, it was the camp was just about 50% Jewish, 25% Hispanic, and 25% black. And everybody, for the most part, got along, which made the experience... Not so bad. No, actually, see, the phones, the elderly are supposed to be able to use the phones first. But it was Michelle West would come by and say, she's using that phone. And when I was watching TV, she said, they, she'd grab the uh, remote. The said, remote, yeah. This is Miss Hemphill's. You know, she had control of what they would do with me because she knew what they were. It was the cartel women. They were mad at Trump. I mean, I get it. They they had me in a bubble. You know, this is a Trumper, and I can understand their anger towards me. It, it's okay. Free Michelle but, West for taking Michelle. such good care of you. Free Michelle West. You know, for me, I got to be honest, the hardest part for me while I was there was missing my family. Oh. I, oh. It, was, it was beyond. And knowing every day that you put your head down on that pillow— and every day waking up and knowing that you shouldn't be here because the charges that were brought against you are lies. Yeah, I did. I did an NDA oh. for a guy that stuck that right that dipped his stick where he shouldn't have uh, and so on. I did an NDA and I, I accept responsibility for the things that I did wrong. But I accepted responsibility for things that I didn't do because yeah. the Department of Justice, the prosecutors, have such an ability to strong arm you. You know, I was watching the other day on television and there's two guys who they just caught in Queens, New York with IEDs, with explosive devices AR-15s, bullets, and so and a whole list of people that they were looking to kill because they were trying to get rid of um, people who are anti-Trump. They were, you know, they're, they're pro-Trumpers. And, they're, and according to the way that the media is showing it, that these two brothers could be looking at 33 years of prison for the possession of these guns and everything else. And I find that fucking abominable by every stretch of the imagination, considering the crimes that I was being charged with, I was looking at somewhere between 60 to 78 years for another guy getting his pecker pulled, his mushroom pecker pulled by a porn star. Mm, I'm looking at 60 to 78 years. These guys with IEDs, uh, explosive devices, with guns, yeah. with ammo, with a hit yeah. list, they're looking at 33 years. I just find the whole, to be honest with you, I find the whole system to be corrupt. And the more or as soon as I start to get some of these FOIA documents that I've been asking for for over two and a half years the more it's going to become apparent that there needs to be a massive, massive overhaul with the DOJ. But I want to move on, Pam, and ask you this, because I understand that it was Trump saying that he would pardon all the J6ers if he got into office that helped to change your mind about him. You brought it up, but can you expand on that a little bit for us? 
Well, you'd set up presidents that it was okay that day. Uh, we can't get that message out there. That's a nightmare. Don't you can't pardon any J six or anybody said is running for office. I'm sure Biden won't. <laughs> I, I'm pretty sure he won't. I haven't heard anything, but I hope he puts that out there. No, no pardoning the J sixers. Period. Black and white. No, they committed a crime. It was the worst thing that's ever happened. Do not compare it with the Black Lives Matter. They try to do that. That was the capital. You know how they got me out there. You know about this, Michael, where they were comparing me with Hunter Biden and, you know, Tucker Carlson. He's the one that gave me the name Mega Granny. I was inside prison when my brother called and said, you know, you got the name Mega Granny. I said, I didn't want no Mega Granny name. <laughs> you know, how dare them? So they were trying to use me as an example of what the DOJ is doing to the J6ers. Now, this is wrong because I'm telling you what, those J6ers are criminals. They are not heroes. They are not patriots. Not that day. I know they got brainwashed by Trump. I understand all that. I went there for the same reasons. He hijacked my brain and brainwashed me into all his lies. However, I'm still responsible for my actions that day. No FBI came up to me and said, Miss Hemphill, I want you to go inside the Capitol because we're trying to take over. <laughs> They're crazy with right. their thinking. They're crazy. They are insane. But Pam, you know, both you and I have said that Trump is a cult leader. Oh, yeah. And I've been saying this for many, many years. And I'm assuming that you think that the folks who are still with him, I know I think this way, are cult members. Oh, I, I, I mean, I, I say it right. So my question to you, Pam, is why do you think that so many people still follow him right down into that dumpster cult and refuse to hear the truth. Because he's hijacked their brain with fear, just like Germany did. They put the fear in the people first. When you've got that going, they almost can't hear anything else because all they want to do, they're patriots that want to save the country against the communists taking over. It's almost like when I went started the space, I heard the same thing from both sides. I'm going, wait, Democrats are saying what the Republicans are saying, that they're taking over. However, it's a truth about Trump taking over and wanting this to be a communist nation. That's what I discovered. And it's, it's so it's kind of ironic. You know, here you are all your life. You wake up with the same husband or the same wife. And then the police come on the door and say, look, at he's been robbing banks for five years. You go, what? That's what it felt like with Trump when you discover what a liar he is and narcissist that this guy is really the, the one we got to be careful about. Yes, he's the one. You really do, because he's the biggest con artist. Well, he can't con me. I've worked with criminals. So he has definitely got the criminal mind. There's a book called Inside the Criminal Mind by Santon Salmonow. I read it. You like that book? Yeah, I went to a yeah, lot of Yeah, I read his, it while I was in Otisville. I, I used to go to his workshops. I met him. And he's got the criminal mind, too, thinking. And he'll come at you with everything he has when you go up against him. Well, let him do it. Let him come after me or anybody. I don't care. He has no power over me. I, I believe in a higher power that has power. Not him. He's nothing. He will go to jail. Look, at. I want everybody to trust Jack Smith. He has the receipts. Have faith in him, what he's doing. He, Trump will go to prison. I well, trust also attorney um, uh, D.A. Yes. Alvin Bragg yes. and trust uh, D.A. Fonnie Willis. They know what they're doing. Right? But Pam, can I jump on something you were talking about? Because you seem to have this wonderful affection towards the Capitol Police. Mm -hmm. 
And you wrote, you did an open letter, if I'm not mistaken, you wrote an open yeah. letter to the Capitol Police apologizing for your actions that day and thanking them for saving you. I mean, that's it's, right, which is really, truly wonderful. What do you think of my new friend, my pal, Capitol Police Officer Harry Dunn, mm -hmm. his decision to run for Congress? And I'm asking everybody, Dunn for Congress, please go on. Give him a dollar, two, five, ten, whatever you can afford. Harry Dunn deserves it. But what do you think of Harry Dunn's run for Congress? Oh, it's fantastic news. I hope more like him do. He has high integrity. He's going to bring a lot to help this country. And it's just a good thing. It's a great thing. And if I could talk to him, I would be telling him, I am so sorry for what you guys had to go through that day. You are the heroes. And there's one J6er that can't wait to... I can't wait to meet you and hug you and give you a hug. And I did hear the N-word. They lie and say nobody was saying that to, to officers. Yes, they did. I heard it with my own ears. So stop lying. But these officers, uh, I told it anybody, if I ever wrote a book, I ain't taking a, a penny. It's all going to the Capitol Police. No J6er should make any money off of January 6th that was a defendant, period. That's my belief and feeling. But... Uh, my hope is to get that the letter is to the Congress. I want them to know some facts about January 6th. And, you know, they were on a space, uh, one of the representatives. They wouldn't let me talk, but they let Jacob Hansley and Derek Evans, that's running for Congress, they're both J6ers. They wouldn't listen to me. You know, they, nobody wants to hear from me. And that's really upsetting me. Why not? I'm talking to the Republicans right now. Why not? Why don't you hear my side of the story? What's wrong with you? You're only listening to the ones that are lying to you. They're lying to them. Yeah, that is absolutely true. Look, I, I've become very close with Harry. Uh, we speak on a regular basis. I told him I'm going to try to raise uh, money for him, uh, for his run. for. I think he is, as you said, he's a, he's a very decent Absolutely. human being. He's, he's a really good, good um, American who wants to do yeah. right. And we need somebody oh, like yeah. him, you know, uh, a big, strong guy who stood up, you know, to these maniacs, these monsters. And I think he would be fantastic. Yeah, I got so his book. if you I can, it's Harry. Yep. Harry Dunn for Congress. If you can just check it out. So let me just move on and ask you, what do you think of the Democrats now? Because you've been a Republican, I think, your entire life. Right. Do you have any political party now? that you currently align with? Well, you can't vote for any Republican right now because there is no Republican Party. There isn't one. So what do you do? And my encouragement for Republicans is please vote for Biden. Okay, I'm going to vote for Biden. I haven't changed parties yet because I'm taking a stand trying to help Republicans to vote for Biden. You don't have to change your party. Just don't. You don't have to change your party. You get to vote but for whoever you want. I probably will down the road, but... Right now, I'm staying Republican because I'm, I'm working with my Republican friends, and I've got four right now that have been listening to me. You mm -hmm. have to start where you're at, to the people you know, your family, and give them some facts. T teach them about Project 2025. My own family, they have master's degrees, have never heard about Project 2025. I've given them some information. It's, they're sounding a little... And what have they done they're, with it? Well, what have they done with that information? Like, they make comments like, that's kind of scary, isn't it? And I said, yeah, it's taking away all our constitutional rights for other people. I don't have to agree on abortion. 
I can say, okay, I don't believe that anybody should have abortion, but I don't have a right to tell you what to do. You know, and if I want to marry a man, I can marry a man. I mean, if I was a man, you know, the gay, that's none of my business. Leave those people alone. You know, and they want to control that. It's, come on, it's about democracy, period. No matter what I feel, you know, am I making any sense here? I sure. Get- no, you make per- you make perfect yeah. sense. Pam, let me ask you this. Have you been threatened by the MAGA base oh, for speaking oh. out uh, about Trump and your experiences on January 6th? Well, everybody that's had me on, I'm surprised you haven't yet. I have the biggest smear campaign. Yes, I've had to call the local police. I've had a th- threat of a SWAT. I keep getting death threats. Oh, yeah, I don't care. Let them. <laughs> I must be doing something right. <laughs> so I ain't afraid of these people. But I got a lot of friends. I got a lot of Marine friends that I got, uh, that, you know, taking care of me. I'm okay. But yeah, they're crazy. They're they're out there with all their lives and whatever. I just have to laugh at them. But it's not really. It's not really whatever. You know, I've had this. I've had similar. Uh, I had one guy who was out of New Jersey. Uh, who was literally on, I think it was OAN or some other channel, and a buddy of mine sent it to me, and he said, hey, you know, you really need to, um, you know, to take a look at this. The guy on television was like, yeah, I'm going to put a bullet right in right in um, Cohen's Whoa. face. And this is on television, this idiot, right? And he's from New Jersey. So he's maybe, what, maximum 30, 35 minutes, um, you know, from, from door to door? Well... He ended up getting a visit by the Good. FBI, by, you know, by local police, state police and so on. And, you know, he's like some five foot two piece of shit, you know, thinking because he's got a firearm that makes him invincible and so on. Hysterical crying. Please don't take me. That's the thing I found out about most of these people. You know, they're they're all a bunch of texting tough guys. Mm-hmm. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I, I don't buy the a lot of it, but it only takes one fucking moron. It only takes one fucking moron with a, you know, with a, a, a 25 cent bullet, you know, to create havoc. And that's what Donald Trump tries yes. to do. He tries to sow that fear, you know, and he's, listen, I, I, one thing I can tell you for certain, he is certainly doing a good job yeah. in stoking fear. But Pam, let me then move on and ask you this question. If you could talk right now, to Trump supporters, let's assume that everybody listening to this podcast, and we thank God, I mean, we're, we're into the hundreds of millions of downloads since we started. Right now, you're talking to Trump supporters who are still with him today. What would you tell them to make them change their mind about him? Or do you think that they're just too far gone to be reasoned with? And then you just say, you know, no point in wasting my breath. You know, I can explain it this way. As an alcohol and drug counselor, trying to work with those that are in denial about their drinking or their drug use, they don't hear you. They're too far gone. Their denial is so deep. All you can do is plant the seeds. And because they can't, the truth and facts stick with you, no matter what. So you got to keep pushing and give them the facts. And stay with what you believe. Don't go wishy-washy on people. <clears throat> but what I would recommend right now is, yes, right now they're too far gone because of Trump. It's all Trump. It points to Trump and his rhetoric. Is to help your uh, family and friends to go vote. That's the main thing for Biden, for the blue. 
That's what we need to work on right now. The, the mega, they're too far gone. All, they said, I'm happy to be a cult member. I'm happy that Trump's a tr- uh, wants to be a dictator. This is how sick they are. Now, I don't say that to put these people down. I'm not putting people down. They are ill right now, mentally ill. They are. And, and I, I'm saying that as an ex-counselor. And there's a book, what was it, 36 of them that wrote about it called The Case of Trump. You're familiar with that book? Trump, Trump mm-hmm. is not well. Yep. He is mentally ill right now. And he's pulled all these other people that are mentally ill too. And if you look at statistics, most of these megas, they have had probably some background of childhood abuse and they're acting out and they're putting their anger in the wrong place and they're listening to Trump because Trump is the narcissist that they had in their family and they want their approval from Trump. Interesting. You know, it's funny because there's a very famous quote that goes, every man has a right to his opinion, but no man has a right to be wrong in his facts. I I have never seen a scenario as bad as the GOP, Mm. as damaging as Donald Trump when it comes to facts versus fiction. I've never seen anything like it. There's not... A single day that goes by, there's not a rally that takes place. There's not an issue that Donald Trump doesn't talk about that is not inundated with absolute lies, distortions, misinformation, disinformation, or malinformation. I've never seen something like this in my entire life. In fact, the media, while Trump was president... Stop counting the lies after he hit 35,000. It's like eight plus lies a day by the president of the United States to the people who elected him, to the people that he works for. You see, Von Schitzenpants has an absolute problem with understanding government and how government works. The country doesn't work for you. You as president of the country work for the people. All the people. Not just the people who Mm -hmm. adore you, who will send you money because you just lost 83.3 million more to someone who you not only sexually assaulted, but who you defamed for a second time, right? That's... That's the problem that we have here. He lies. He lies with impunity. And the people who are his supporters, the ones that I just asked you about, if there's any way to reason with them, they accept his lies as the truth. You know, Stalin was actually mm-hmm. the one that really perfected this, right? The, and his, his line was, you know, the more that you repeat a lie, the more that the lie becomes the truth. And Donald has taken that to a whole nother level. And that's the danger that America faces right now. Yeah. You know, what he has put out there, God, it's so sad. It's everything he says is such a, it is a lie. And how they're, they don't care though. That's the sad part. Because that's how he's hijacked their brain. To the point where they say, well, yeah, it's okay if he's a dictator. That is sick. I mean, don't they remember what Hitler yeah. did? And this is re- 
Well, look at what's going on everywhere around the world. We still have the Kim Jong-un. You have uh, Vladimir Putin. Oh. You have Mohammed bin Salman. You have somebody that, these are people that Donald praises. You have, hey, have you all, have you all heard of Viktor Orban? The powerful, I mean, that's not who you really want to emulate, but in, in my what opinion. What do we do with the GOP? I mean, Trump wants the power. He's got the drug. It's the drug. And you got to understand, it's just as addicting as anything. It's heroin or fentanyl. Power. Control. The other ones, the GOP, want the money. You know, they want to stay there yeah. and, and have their vote, you know. But Trump wants that power. What do, that GOP. So, Pam, let me say this. The, the hour... Yeah, it's the I blame the GOP yeah. too, and all of those that follow him. Yes, the hour goes by very quickly here right. on Maya Culpa, right? So it's an hour. I have one last parting question for you. What's your hope for the future of the country, and what do you think that the average citizen can do to help protect our precious democracy? Get out there and volunteer for the GOP Democratic Party. Get out there and help all you can. If it's going door to door, passing out pamphlets, whatever you could do, do something because it helps. And I know a lot of viewers maybe can't uh, get out there because of physical reasons, but please call your representatives. Say, what are you doing about Project 2025? Speak up more about it and go against it. You know, be, be our voice for us. So just do more talking. I mean, as far as talking to your representatives, helping the GOP party, I mean, the, the party, the Democratic Party, go to the events where Biden's going to be, anything. Watch your show more, share your shows. Yeah, there you yeah. go. There you go. Well, Pam, thank, thank you, you so much for joining me. You stay safe, and I promise you, I, I'm going to put you in touch. I'm going to do a three-way call with my pal Harry Dunn because oh. I'm certain that he would love oh. to hear from you. And don't forget, everybody, two things. One, free Michelle West and Harry Dunn for Congress. Please take a look at both of them and really appreciate you being with me. And I'm glad you're doing better uh, health-wise and also... Uh, I'm glad you're and out. Thank you. Prison and sucks. Thank you for what you're doing. God bless you. You got it. And now for today's mea culpa. If you listen to the show very often, you know that I'm always talking to Democrats about our terrible messaging. I'm always looking for ways to clearly communicate who we are and what we like to accomplish. As we all know, the upcoming election will be the most pivotal in our lifetime. And that's true. We can't pretend that because Trump is such an obvious criminal that Republicans won't back him. They're doing his bidding in Congress right now. He's very close to winning the Republican nomination, even even if by some miracle Nikki Haley runs against President Biden in November, Democrats still need to beat Republicans straight up and down the ticket in every single race, in every single state, and put an end to this fucking MAGA nightmare once and for all. Now you may say that's impossible. Red states won't listen. But I'm not so sure that's true. The abortion issue has unified women nationwide. And according to a recent poll, 63% of women said they'd vote for Biden, while just 32% said that they stand by Trump. So we know that we can mobilize women around reproductive rights. Nikki Haley is pushing a federal abortion ban, and she's a casual racist, so she's basically Donald Trump in fucking heels. 
So sorry, moderates, she's not the answer. A problem Democrats have with working class voters is that we are often mistaken for intellectuals and bleeding hearts. Probably because more of us go to college and we care about people. But that's not a bad thing. Most Democrats aren't the snarky assholes you see on Twitter. It's the average person who really cares about the country that Democrats are attracting in states like Colorado, Michigan, Arizona, Nevada, Pennsylvania, and Wisconsin. We've had some big wins in those states since 2018. So for example, in Wisconsin, the Supreme Court just put an end to maps gerrymandered in favor of Republicans. So there is some hope in the heartland. I mean, Ben Winkler, the chairman of the Wisconsin Democratic Party, said his message to voters is, fundamentally, Democrats are the people who are in politics to make government work for people. Sort of like the New Deal. Successful Democrat governors like Gretchen Whitmer of Michigan and Tony Evers of Wisconsin ran on simple things like fixing the roads. And then they fixed the roads. And they got reelected. I mean, Winkler tells a story about ugly piles of coal in downtown Green Bay that sat there for decades. Until... Until the Democratic mayor of Green Bay, the Democratic governor, and President Biden all pulled together the money to move the piles of coal out of Green Bay, making Democrats the party that gets rid of the giant piles of coal. So what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is Democrats are practical. We get the job done. I mean, John Fetterman of Pennsylvania doesn't look like a politician and more, and he doesn't even act like one. Before he was senator, Fetterman was the mayor of Braddock, Pennsylvania for 13 years. And during that time, he revitalized the whole town, created jobs, built parks, reduced gun violence. You see, Fetterman used the enormous power of the government to make people's lives better. He increased the value of their homes, gave their kids good ed public educations. And that's, that's a winning message. Democrats are making the government work for you. And you know what? We are. Look at President Biden. He's rebuilding roads and bridges with the Inflation Reduction Act. The CHIPS Act is bringing back jobs and manufacturing. All, all proof that the Democrats are rebuilding America everywhere and that's the message that we can be proud to run on so my friends keep the faith because absolutely keeping this message going will keep more people joining the democratic party or at least voting democrat in november of 2024 and as always thanks for listening mea culpa is written by paula killen our managing producer and editor is lisa orkin Maya Culpa is a Midas Touch podcast, executive produced by the Midas Touch Network and LSJ Media Group.